All right, it is 5.25 p.m. on Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. And this is Basketball This Week Done Quickly. And uh, I got a special little episode here for y'all. I'm talking with my friend Kaylin about basketball. So, uh, hello. Hello, Rick. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Been enjoying listening to the shows you've been putting out every week or so. It's uh, it's rare. <laughs> ah, ah, you and your modesty. Yeah, <laughs> I have the numbers. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if it doesn't uh, trouble you too much, I did have some thoughts, some questions. I wanted to pick your brain a bit. As I'm a, uh, a Canadian who loves basketball, but is not as familiar with everything as you might be. Cool. Uh, I'm glad to have my brain picked. All right, then. So can I go back to the trade deadline and the big deal? Sixers, Nets, of course, everyone's focused on Harden and Simmons. And I wanted to ask you, was this an end result that um, proves Daryl Morey was right all along, or did he just get lucky with Brooklyn's situation in terms of Kyrie and the injuries? So it it's kind of it's interesting. It is not settled yet. <laughs> uh, like I would have told you, yes, it proved him right after the day of the deal when they announced that he was opting into the contract. But uh, having learned that he. Uh, "Quote unquote," missed the deadline <laughs> to opt into his uh, his deal. Uh, it it still remains to be seen. I mean, there's nothing stopping him from uh, walking at the end of this this year. So, uh, I think I think it proved Maury right. But if uh, if Harden does decide to leave at the end of the year to go play in San Antonio or <laughs> something like that, then uh, he looks a lot less right. But he he did a big gamble. He took a big risk. Uh, he avoided deals that seemed like they would have been good enough at the time and uh, managed to find a deal that was good for him. Right. And so clearly, you know, in retrospect, he does look to be the, the genius, the savant that many in the media have lauded him as ever since his days in Houston. And... It's just I'm I'm looking at it and going back in October when Simmons wasn't reporting, when everything blew up, Maury took a lot of flack for essentially saying, I, I, I have a standard, a threshold that other teams have to meet for me to consider a trade uh, right now. We have Ben Simmons signed for years. And then there were the rumors, right, of what asking for four first round picks or three first round picks and an impact player and who knows how uh, legitimate those reports were. But I can't see Brooklyn making this deal if either Kyrie doesn't uh, have his whole anti-vax or at least <laughs> I'm seeking my own truth odyssey and uh, Durant has his injury, which lasts long enough that all of a sudden they're, they lost, what, 9 of 10 or 8 of 9. They're falling out of the playoff race. Those two things were completely outside of Maury's control. So if Brooklyn doesn't pull the trigger, if they decide we can keep Harden, we, we think we are have the inside track to extending his deal in the offseason. Come summer 2022, if Maury still has Simmons on his hands, that's just an embarrassment, isn't it? 
Yeah, totally. Uh, it, it would not have worked out well uh, if they would have still had Simmons going into the offseason if uh, all the things that went wrong in, in Brooklyn didn't go wrong and uh, took a lot of things going wrong. Um, like, we could have seen some of it coming. We could have seen the Kyrie thing coming uh, just because we couldn't see it, obviously, two years ago. But uh, once COVID happened, we could kind of see where Kyrie was going there. Uh but we couldn't really see the Kevin Durant injury, which opened the door. And um, if, like you said, he had Simmons on the roster going to this offseason and Harden was happy if, like, Durant was healthy and uh, and um, Harden was happy too and they won the title, uh, then he's trading Simmons for Westbrook. He's trading Simmons for John Wall. Uh, so this is this – is, uh, <laughs> Yeah, he would have been. He would have. He took a major gamble, and he 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 won on that. At least so far. So far. Oh, now I want to see that Simmons for Westbrook alternate reality, <laughs> and I'm sure you do too. Mm. Actually, <laughs> and I guess we shouldn't forget Joe Harris going out very early in the season. Yes, that's the key. Took key. like they already had limited depth, even though the rookies, I think, or their second year players are all performing pretty well in the circumstances they've been thrust into, but. Uh, obviously, you lose somewhere between one and a half and two and a half of your big three. And um, all right. So, and do you think that uh, the Sixers, like, do you think Sixers paid a big enough price to get Harden? Like, I know, yes, no uh, guarantee he sticks around, but mm. knowing that, like, you know, in terms of uh, you know, hoop links first and, and brinksmanship. Could Brooklyn have held out for more, or am I undervaluing either Curry or those two first rounders, which will uh, be conferred at some point this decade? Right. I think. I mean, I think that uh, Brooklyn could have got more for Harden uh, if the timing, depending on what the timing was. Uh, but the Sixers kind of paid what they. I think the Sixers did get kind of get off cheap. Uh, they didn't give any of their their young guys that all the Sixer fans post about 24-7. They they kept those dudes. They kept Maxi. They kept uh Tybal. Tybal? I don't know. Uh they kept him. Uh and they got rid of Drummond who no no one really likes. As far, as far, he's he's a nice guy, I'm sure, but no one likes him as a player. And uh they basically they just did a straight salary deal like Brooklyn, all the really Brooklyn got was enough salary to match uh, Simmons plus, um, plus, sorry, got that backwards. Basically, all that the Sixers gave up was the salary to match Harden's contract and two picks. Uh, two picks are, are no big deal. They're nothing to sneeze at, especially considering that Brooklyn paid four picks to get Harden in the first place. So... Uh, that'll that'll help them out some, but they they could have got more if they would have uh, would have looked a little harder maybe. Yeah, there was an interesting uh, little wrinkle I saw in the picks. One is set for twenty twenty seven. By that point, certainly, you know, depending on Embiid's health, Philly may be past their prime in terms of uh, just how many wins they can put together in a season. And the twenty twenty two pick can be deferred by Brooklyn until 2023. So if Philly finishes strong, ends up looking at having a uh, 21st or later selection, which seems probable, um, but then they strike out on keeping Harden in the offseason, 
Brooklyn may end up with something decent after all that. Yeah, for sure. I think I think Brooklyn, at the very least, Brooklyn has something to to trade again, whereas they had no they had nothing left to trade uh, before, prior to this deal. So, if things go bad in off season, yeah, they, they can reload again still. Yeah, a bit more flexible than before, and they got certainly younger. And uh, depending on how Harden continues, uh, they might be healthier overall. Yeah, should be. And uh, I can't believe you overlooked in terms of key core players that Philadelphia held on to. The great Furkan Korkmaz. Oh, yes, yes. It's good to... I mean, hey, uh, their fans would have been very mad if they would have lost him. So it worked out in the end for them. And so now you have Daryl Morey reunited with James Harden. And how happy are you to just think about how mad Tillman Fertitta or Fertitta must be feeling <laughs> when that news came out. You know, it's, uh, it's always, I, it's hard to know what this guy thinks because like this, like I've watched television shows that are just about like this guy making deals and he, he just, he, I didn't necessarily like the TV shows, but, um, He's kind of, he's very, he's very, uh, it doesn't always feel like he's putting the long-term things into perspective, which you think is kind of weird for a billionaire, right? You think that would be kind of their thing, but, uh, like some of the, so on this show I watch, which is like, Oh, how to be a billionaire or something dumb like that. Right. Uh, (laughs) but but anyway, like he, he's like working with these uh, distributors, right? These uh, seafood dudes who are, are just two dudes that are going out to sea and catching a bunch of fish. And like they're selling to like this, this major uh, restaurant. And in the end, he dropped their contract with them because they wanted a little bit more money. And like, I don't think he realized how much he had, like how much control he had over the, the situation going forward. And, how little of his profits it would have taken to get rid of, or just to uh, to make these guys a little bit happier and keep on getting uh, fresh fish from them. And it's kind of like that in basketball, <laughs> you know. I don't think he, I don't think he saw how making uh, the Rockets better would would lead to profits down the line. He kind of just saw how they uh, how expensive the team was in the now. Because you're thinking about things from a rational perspective, and he's thinking about things from a, I just need my bank account to be greater tomorrow than it yes. was yesterday. Yes. And anyone yeah. who dares ask for even a penny of my money, they are scum beneath my boot. Yes. And I, I so I don't actually think he's probably thinking about Harden uh, too much anymore. I think he's no longer a contract that he has to deal with. So he's probably probably forgot he exists. Well, that might be true, but I'm pretty sure Dalla Mori subtweeted him or something like that just to rub it in a little bit. Oh, for sure. Like, he has to be mad about the Mori thing. Like, uh, he did not like like the way that Mori left that deal uh, in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so I think that covers everything I had thought about regarding that big deal. And just what the hell is happening in Dallas? Why was Porzingis dumped for Dinwiddie and Bertans? 
so this is not going to be original original thought for me. I had to to learn a lot <laughs> to to be able to. That's good because have a have a thought on this. Educate but, me. Uh, so basically, the the understanding is is that it is they were they didn't think they were going to get anything out of Przingis. They didn't think he was going to lead them to a title. So they basically they did a deal that uh, split his contract in two. They uh, traded two players for his his contract and. In theory, it is easier to uh, to get value with uh, having two players to trade than it is one player to trade. In theory. Okay. In theory. Are either of uh, I didn't look up how uh, how long did they have left on the the contracts? So they actually took back. They, they actually took back slightly more money. Uh, those are both fresh contracts, whereas the Porzingis extension was one year shorter. I don't. I don't remember exactly when they end. I think Przingis is is uh, three years from now, and I think those are two years with a. I think those are three years of an option for four, a player option for four, in both cases. Not not a hundred percent sure on that, but that's usually that's about what those deals usually are. They're usually three three years of a player option for four, whereas Przingis was a extension for three. Um, so, they they actually are paying more money, but in th- they could be out earlier but in reality it's probably going to be the same same length of time or longer okay but i see what you're saying in terms of if you toss on a second round pick or maybe a future first to someone like Bertans or spencer in the off season or into next season they've they've created more possibilities in terms of how they pair up assets to try and make a deal work rather than being stuck with poor zingas and having it be very much a it would have to be almost like a one-for-one one or a, uh, I don't even know who would have the, the space to take on somebody as uh, with a deal like Chris Epps. Yeah, well, pretty pretty much because the Lakers uh, made the Washington Wizards the most uh, versatile trading team in the league uh, with that Russell Westbrook deal, uh, it was pretty much just only Washington could do that. They, they were the only team that had two guys that were in that salary slot that they could take on. And now we have Spencer Dinwiddie, who uh, famously is, is on the crypto bandwagon, <laughs> being united with an owner who invented Cyberdust, which is, <laughs> I hear, on the rise. It's, going, it's coming so up. Like, you put those two brains together and look out. He's been playing, he's been playing well since uh, the trade, but he was having – that contract uh, looked like one of the worst deals in the league uh, uh, at at first, and he, it's a little bit better now, but but yeah. Okay, so is there looking at the trades, or rather, not looking at the trade deadline in terms of who moved, but who didn't move, or teams that stayed pat, stood pat. Um, to, you know, you talked about the Lakers, and certainly they had very few uh, movable pieces that people wanted. So there's not too much talk about there. They would have to essentially further cripple themselves going forward into next year to turn a you know flawed team into a still not that great team for the now. Sound fair? Yeah, pretty much. Like it it's not just next year because next year is going to be even worse for the Lakers like you're going to lose uh Malik Muck this year for sure or next year almost for sure. Um there's no way he no they only have him a one-year deal. They don't, they don't have his bird rights. He's he's super gone, he's and somebody's gonna super pay him. So, 
They're yeah. they're screwed next year. He pretty year. much took a he signed pretty much like a prove it deal, right? Yes. Yeah. He anticipated the opportunity, the minutes, he'll put up a good stat line, and then someone next or this summer will come after him for four years and who knows how much. Yeah, and I don't think the Lakers yeah, anticipated, the anticipated how good he would be. Because if they did, they would have given him the contract they gave uh, none instead, which would have given them a little bit of uh, a little bit of flexibility in retaining him. But uh, yeah, they just gave, like you said, they just gave him a prove it deal, and uh, he he proved it. Uh, but like the stuff, the Westbrook stuff is just like having to include a 2027 pick to to trade him for John Wall, who John Wall. You know, Maybe you like Winshare, maybe you don't. Um, that's a very controversial advanced stat. I, I tend to kind of like it, but in Winshares, John Wall was the worst player in the league last year. He had negative Winshares, which means his play caused his team more losses than wins, uh, despite uh, averaging 16 points and like eight assists or something like that, which is like insane. So, insane. So, I mean, and they would have... I mean, not having a was 20. that purely due to defense, or was it also due to it being a uh, you know counting stats? He looked passable, but he was just jacking up shots, turning the ball over, what have you. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of like he looks fine in counting stats. Like if you don't look too closely, but even like like there are newspapers now that that will paste uh, that will put uh, true shooting percentage in the box score and like his. His true shooting percentage was very, very bad. Um, he was very inefficient. And, like, if you just want to look at, like, his EFG, he was – which is basically the measure of his efficiency. I, I don't think it's perfect, but uh, even if you just look at that, though, like, he was so bad. Like, he was getting those points. He was getting 16 points on 16 shots a night. 16 points on 20 shots a night, you know, that sort of thing. So he was getting – he was filling the box score of numbers, but uh, he was doing it in a very rough, rough fashion. He also he was very slow, and has a, a minute restriction. And on top of a minute restriction, he has a game restriction. He's only allowed to play two games a week. <laughs> so there was no way this deal was a very good idea for the Lakers. <laughs> and then having to throw it a twenty. Go ahead. No, no, it's a, I was just going to say devil's advocate. John Wall. He was the man in Washington for many years. They just never, you know, between the GM maybe not signing the right deals, making the right picks, for whatever reason, they never, as far as I can recall, made it. Did they even make it deep into a second round? No. Or was it pretty much one and done or lose, make it to the second round and lose in five? No, they had a, right it, it was year. really sad. They That team never got beyond the first round. Okay, they were one of those... Uh, I knew I knew about the Clippers never making it out of the second out in the West. I wasn't too sure about Washington's exploits out in the East. The the Wizards they've they've made it out before, but it's been many years. Like the Wizards are a team that they have a title in their deep history. Whereas the Clippers, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the Clippers Which, like they, oh, don't. Yeah, <laughs> so. they don't. Yeah, no, the the Bullets have a history. Yeah, the Wizards they have Michael Jordan and they had that <laughs> and they have well I mean. Gil- like, Let's not go down the path too far because we start talking about Gil- Gilbert and, and Crittenden and and the double uh, finger guns. Oh, I can talk. Uh, yeah, I can talk about, about that all day. <laughs> I, uh, what's the name of this podcast again? Basketball done quickly. quickly. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we'll just put <laughs> switch to 1.5x audio replay speed. But uh, so Lakers stood pat. Yeah. And the other two, I mean, there's a bunch of teams that I guess you could say this about. But were you surprised that both Miami uh, that Miami stood pat, considering, you know, would you have expected them to maybe try and do something to create that little bit of separation at the top of the East and over on the West, Memphis, who at least I have to think are one of the surprise Cinderella, uh, you know, there's just like a great story this season in terms of how, how quickly they've advanced um, and put it all together despite being so young, albeit with, you know, a couple of key older players at some spots, but like both of them just saying we're, we're, we're keeping our core going and we're trusting these t- these uh, lineups to take us as far as they can in the playoffs. Was it a missed opportunity, perhaps? For Memphis, it's... For Memphis, it's I... Like, you kind of have to ask yourself if you think... Because they're, they're, the Memphis... The big deal for Memphis would be trading... Uh, sorry, I'm trying to... I'm looking at the roster really quick just so I make sure. Uh, their Their big deal would have been trading... Kyle Anderson, right? Um, he he's has a very tradable contract. Uh, he's not on their timeline because he's uh, you know, he's 28 years old, and the rest of their team are is are guys in their early 20s for the most part. Um, uh, Stephen Adams, I guess, would be the other. Yeah, it would have been hard to. It would have been hard to trade. Veteran. Yeah, he he makes too much oh, he's money. Not really tradable, but yeah, yeah. He's he would have been really hard to trade. Whereas Kyle Anderson has like a he has a very sweetheart deal, and he's not. He's not super in their rotation, so they could have done that. But like I don't like if you replace Kyle Anderson with with Montrez Harrell, if you replace Kyle Anderson with Taylor Horton Tucker, <laughs> I don't I don't think that's a better team. And so I think they kind of decided they decided they have their core. They like how they play each other with each other. They have friendship ball and trades disrupt friendship ball. So I think they decided just to to roll with it and. It may be a missed opportunity. It may not be, but like, man, like, you just look at these dudes' age, ages. Like, Desmond Bain is twenty-three. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, yeah, Melton is twenty-three. Jaws twenty-two. Yeah, Zaire. I mean, he got, got a lot. Brandon play. Clark is <laughs> what? He's mid to late twenties. Yeah, he's twenty-five, and and then uh, Triple J is twenty-two. This is, this team is so young that they don't. They don't necessarily have to to make this move, move now, especially since they're going to they're going to have to find a way to pay these guys in two years, which uh, it may better it may just be better to let that money go so they can afford to pay these dudes. Yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense. I wasn't surprised they stayed pat, stood pat. Man, I'm bad at that conjugation. Um, now so the, much the as, heat. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I was about to say, whereas the Heat, like, you know, Memphis has many years to come where they can really, like, they, like, they remind me a bit in terms of they're on the cusp of something great as uh, Phoenix was heading into the bubble when they ran off those, uh, what was it, eight or nine victories in a row and just yeah. barely missed out yeah. on making the play-in. So, like, Memphis is on that level where they could be one and done this year if they draw if they get bad luck and draw a really tough opponent in the first round. And they'll still be, like you know, they'll be they'll be very optimistic looking into the next year, two or three. Miami, on the other hand, they, yeah, Miami, yeah, 
More in their 30s, so. Yeah, <laughs> they're old. Yeah, they're old. <laughs> they're, uh, I, they, were, they, they were stuck. They were kind of in the same boat as the Lakers where uh, they were – they had to go all in to to make this Lowry deal happen. It, in a lot of ways, it's like Pat Riley's last magic trick, at least for now, because uh, they were even going to have to like trade Tyler Hero for pennies on the dollar and get back who like who. I, I don't see a lot of players out there uh, who are better than Tyler Hero right now uh, for who are available who got traded. Like they could have done it with Covington maybe, but they. They've already went the old man defender route with uh, with uh, Andre Iguodala. Ooh, I got it on one one take. Uh, <laughs> they already went the old man defender route, and like that didn't work out for them. So, you know, having like the the good young offense from Tyler Hero, and they couldn't get fair value back for him. Same with Duncan, couldn't really get fair fair uh, fair value back on him. So, they're kind of they were just kind of stuck. They don't have any other assets. They used them all to get uh, Lowry. Oh, they have, I guess, future picks starting in 24. Although I guess that depends on how it shakes out in 23. Yeah, I think uh, I think Toronto has the right to uh, uh, a similar to. No, it's not Toronto. I think it's uh, this is the trade right now, Jimmy Butler trade where there's Minnesota has some sort of uh, swap rights. I could check for sure, but. Uh, it's this summer. It's going to be Houston, yeah, that has swap rights, yeah. and then twenty three. It involves you got the Clippers, you got the Thunder, uh, and then if you look at their second round picks, I'm seeing like seven different teams that are jousting over stuff. But <laughs> yeah, they yeah. seem to have in the clear, no restrictions. Their first going uh, starting at twenty four, but well, if know, they, if they I are, pick if they don't have that pick in twenty three, they have to keep the twenty four pick. Right. So that would be 2025 would be the earliest pick they have. And knowing how the Heat draft, I would, I'd keep that if I was them. And then on the uh, – so I think that was everything I had noticed when it came to the trade deadline. Are you surprised – I mean, this could be a simple yes or no, I guess, or we don't have to go into too much detail. Were you surprised that – Sacramento and the Pelicans both made what seemed to be not all-in moves, but certainly trading youth for uh, immediate veteran impact and trying to squeeze into the play-in uh, in a few months. And the Pelicans make a lot more sense to me. Uh, Josh Hart was they resigned him on that deal to trade him. That was a there's some contracts these dudes like if you see a dude sign for. Uh, between nine and uh, thirteen million dollars in this current CBA, uh, they're getting traded. <laughs> so uh, they signed him to a, a traded, a tradable contract right there. So that's no surprise there. Um, he had kind of fallen out of the rotation. Like Herb Jones was is just better. I love jo- Josh Hart, but uh, Herb Jones is, is just a better player so far. And uh, he. His minutes had dropped, and he had uh, started to fall. He, he he started to go to the bench after COVID, and he was in and out basically around after, around COVID time. So he'd been kind of a roll on a little bit of a roller coaster, and you know he's the king of the triple. He's the king of the triple single, which is why, <laughs> from a fantasy content 
context, you're probably probably aware of him uh, quite a bit. But but he was basically he was brought on to be to be moved, basically, or brought back to be moved. Uh, now, Nikhili Alexander Walker um, is a player who I think I think he just fell out of I think he just fell out of favor. Um, he started the year off pretty good and he ended last year pretty good but he just got over the course of the year yeah he just he just didn't and he started to play pretty bad there by the time that uh new orleans was ready to to part way of him so cj doesn't totally make sense from a, a standpoint of like timeline but he makes sense if if zion is coming back this year because they could with zion if you add zion to this team a healthy zion to this team which uh, that that is the news is that he, we we may lose Zion for for the year, but um, if in a theory less been the news since like as, the new, like the start of the new year, right? Yeah. That he's away from the team. They gave him space. His foot is not healing just as well as they'd hoped, or maybe they, there was a setback when he started trying to come back. Well, today, yeah, and today they actually announced that he's probably going to need another surgery, which which means he's he's just done for the year for sure. It's not like. There's no way they're gonna like bring him back for the playoffs if he's gone for for the season with a surgery. So this his like you know it's totally out of his control. Well, the the original injuries outside of his control entirely. And then I'm not even gonna speak on rumors about uh, how seriously he's taking rehab and whether right. he's put on weight and all that kind of you know that's besides the point. Is his college hype and, and legitimately phenomenal college results and then the impact he had in his I'd say like what for, like in his first two years he played about a season's worth of games give or take uh, even that might be a bit of a <laughs> might, I might be I might be rounding up a bit too far yeah he, he didn't yeah. He, but when he was 40, on the court he was 40, already he dominant of, of, of 60 games maybe but yes and so, like, in terms of not just potential, but, like, in the NBA, he was putting up incredible numbers, especially in, uh, like, in a per 48 um, context. Yeah, correct. Can you think of a recent draft pick that is just, like, that, that the frustration, not just he and, and his team, but just for everyone who likes watching basketball. Like, is are we going back to Greg Oden? Are we going back even further in terms of, could be one of the all-time greats and just his body or fate in terms of injury luck is letting him down. So the funny thing is there were rumors about Odin uh, not not be, not making it like before the draft. And even I heard them and I wasn't following the draft very very closely back then. But it's Fultz. Like if, if far, as far as recent memory, like Markel Fultz looked to have like the perfect modern NBA game and like just – the fact that he ended up getting traded to Orlando for nothing and it's just it's a bummer. Right. Although in his case I know that there's still like there was a he had a shoulder issue and then it was after but then there was also the the not so much the rumors like it was visible but he changed his hitch on his on his jump shot and like like it was just like a conflation of so many different things that I know were being nitpicked and analyzed, and it was kind of Ben Simmons hitting a three pointer in in preseason or or you know just pre- in in the practice on the practice court 
uh, type stuff, but before Ben yes. Simmons. It was proto, proto Ben Simmons. Yes. You know, maybe it's something in the water in Philadelphia. Oh, for sure. Because, <laughs> like, it, it, it gets, gets faults, gets Simmons. And by gets, I mean not that they, uh, I'm not saying they were the ones that underperformed per se, but they became the the target of the ire of some, you know, ethereal being. <laughs> and then some, and somehow uh, the billionaire owners decide to partner up with a non-existent crypto firm and they're putting up <laughs> banners. And, and then for weeks, I'm just seeing like tweets come up of like, one investigative reporter saying, "Yeah, no, we looked into this guy, and he—if uh, <laughs> he exists, if he exists, he is not at all what he says. He's uh, like his qualifications are all bogus." Uh, but the Sixers have uh, no comment at this time, and then just <laughs> quietly, I think, like in the middle of the night, they took the banners down, and now they're just being like, "What? No, I—I I don't know what you're talking about." Well, at least they took him down, yeah, at least they you know. Down. I'm going to have to deal with Crypto.com Arena for the next 20 years. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Don't go out of business. Okay, let's not, <laughs> let's not go into crypto. This, this yeah, is an uplifting, pos, uplifting positive talk only, unless we're making fun of people, in which case that's the good kind of negative talk, but not... <laughs> Not the yeah. pillaging of our yeah. environmental resources. Uh, crypto, um, I don't even want to think. Yeah, let's not talk about crypto. I do not want to think about crypto. <laughs> all right, I'm going to split these in two. I think I'm going to split it right here. Hope you all have a beautiful week and expect the next part sometime in All-Star break, unless something major happens. Uh, Tristan Thompson just uh, signed the, to the Bulls. There, There's some news. <laughs> there's your news of the week all right uh stay tuned for part two sometime next week talk to y'all later bye <laughs>